Hey, what's up, everybody? This is The Greatest Show on Dirt, live from the Sweet Bee Studios. And on this week's episode, a very special episode, we had Kyle from Cubs Live. You can find him on Twitter at Cubs underscore live. He is bringing Cubs news up to the minute, consistent news feed. He goes live video on Twitter. He uh, writes on his blog on his website, which is cubslive.weebly.com. So he writes a lot of stuff on there. Um, always consistent on the news feed on Twitter. So if you are a Cubs fan, which I know, being from Southern Illinois, hopefully I have a lot of friends back home that listen to this. So if you want to get a lot of up-to-date Cubs news while you're bored at work, trying to stay on top of everything, whether it's trades, potential trades, free agency signings, and what the team might look like in 2018, Kyle is your guy. Again, that is on Twitter at Cubs underscore live. A very, very special episode. I just want to say thank you so much to Kyle for taking the time to talk to us. He actually covered a uh, basketball game for the University of Wisconsin-Green Bay the night we recorded this, so we got together about 11.30 his time, 12.30 my time, um, which was amazing. We had originally planned this thing to go for about 15 or 20 minutes, but when you get to talking baseball with a fellow Cubs fan, I mean, we talked for 50 minutes, probably could have talked for five hours, and I think we literally just became best friends. So thanks, Kyle. It's really appreciated. And I also do have to lead, I think, <laughs> the show, we need an audio video person here. I don't know if I should hire somebody or what. Um, the audio's a little sketchy, like self-admittedly, like I'm not a techie guy. I mean, it's it's audible, right? You can still listen to it a little bit, but it sounds like a rookie did it, you know? And this is coming from the same guy who backed over a mailbox in a Jeep Cherokee that had a backup camera on it, right? I just don't understand technology. I didn't know what to do. And I slaughtered a mailbox like a month ago in a Jeep Cherokee. And then I decided I could run the audio portion of this. But we definitely need an AV club like Stranger Things. But um, rest assured, I will watch a ton of YouTube videos next week and we'll work on the audio portion of it. But either way, enjoy the podcast and thank you for listening. What's up, everybody? This is The Greatest Show on Dirt, Friday, November 17, 2017. I'm your host, Quentin, coming at you live, pre-recorded, so not exactly live from the Sweet Bee Studios. And on this week's episode, we have our first guest, Kyle from Cubs Live. He is uh, on Twitter. What's going on, man? How's it going? Good. How are yourself? Dude, not too bad, man. How's uh, everything going up north, man? Are you freezing your tail off already or what? Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's a cold one. It was snowing and, you know, snow and rain mix today, very windy, and uh, Wisconsin is not treating us well, but <laughs> we got to live with it. Dude, well, hopefully you get like a snow day from work or whatever. I don't know how those things go up north. I feel like they have the trucks to probably <laughs> yeah. clear it off so you get a raw deal that way. I'm down in Charlotte, right. North Carolina, so if it snows an inch down here, I don't go to work for yeah. a week, so it's the best thing ever. Yeah. See, if it snows six inches, we gotta, just got to suck it up and go to work. So you got the light up and down there, whatever. Dude, it's not too bad, man. Like, hopefully I get, like, three or four or five days off, you know, later in the year and we'll be rocking. But either right. way, uh, you guys can find Kyle on uh, Cubs underscore live on Twitter. So if you listen to this podcast and I sound like I know anything about Chicago Cubs baseball, it is because of this guy, 100%. So to kind of start off the episode, what we're going to do is just – um. I mean, really go over the Cubs season. So, Kyle, let me ask you this. First and foremost, how much fun has it been to watch this team the last three years? Oh, man, it's been great. I remember just growing up and, you know, waiting for that season. I know 2003 was such a teaser. Oh, it was so bad, yeah. I know. It's like, when is that season going to come? In 2008 and 2007, those are seasons where I felt like we were on the right path, and then all of a sudden playoffs come and we get swept, and then, you know, Theo Epstein takes over, and the process wasn't exactly easy. Uh, we had a lot of hard years. Um, I know in 2013 and 2012 and 2011, those are pretty tough times, but, dude, we're living in the golden era of Cubs, and it, it's fun to watch. It really is. Dude, it's something for sure, man. Like, there were there were a few hundred lost seasons in there, and then, like, the 03 heartbreaker. And one of the things yeah. you wrote, it's pinned on your Twitter right now that kind of talks about – um. Like, it kind of leads with, like, thank you to Joe Madden for, you know, bringing Chicago this team. And a lot of, like, and I feel like we're getting a lot of this out of baseball with the Cubs last year and then the Astros this year is there's a lot of meaningful baseball going on. And, like, this World Series included, it's like these past two World Series you saw 
like a winning team come out and like not only did they win it like for themselves but there was like a huge emphasis on the city and like that like I love that for baseball and kind of what you mentioned like growing up on it and like um you know thinking of all the family members that have like come and gone and just like you know I remember watching that 0-3 game with my dad and like he threw the remote and it was just like so bad (laughs) and um I mean this Cubs team you know went into uh 2016 held uh, the NL Central lead all throughout the year, uh, played tough, yep. played hard, and went through the World Series. And 2017 happened, and it was a season that a lot of people didn't expect for it to turn out the way it did. I think, um, I mean, at the All Star break, the Cubs might have even been a few really games. Gone. Yeah, well, they were a few games below 500 at the All Star break, and then they got going after and coming into the off season. You know, which this is a lot where we'll talk about. There are a lot of questions. You know, like around the offense, around the pitching and the bullpen. So first and foremost, I think we should probably get into the pitching because I think that's the biggest question, or at least one of the biggest yep. questions coming into the 2018 season. And one of the most interesting things is I look at three pitchers. So when I look at the Chicago Cubs coming to the offseason, like I think Jake Arietta, I think yep. Alex Cobb, and then there's a guy named Miles Mikolas, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his last name right, but it's the guy that uh, he was a Ranger in 2014 and went and pitched yep. in Japan. So the first thing I want to talk to you about, because you're Cubs 24-7, is what's your outlook on this whole pitching perspective as far as maybe like signing Arietta? Is Arietta better than Darvish? Or do the Cubs go the route of maybe signing Alex Cobb to a four-year deal, maybe getting a guy like Miles for the fifth starter? What, what's your opinion on that? Look, this this Cubs uh, pitching staff has really aged, um, and there's a lot of free agents. You see Lappy's a free agent. He told Theo, you know, he's coming back, but the question rises. Do they go out and sign him for the fifth starter row? Who knows? If you go and sign a Lance Lynch-type guy to, you know, hold hold, hold, up, hold down like that end of the rotation. Um, Arietta, you know, he has to have Boris as his agent, and as we all know, Boris doesn't necessarily like the contract. And that's exactly why I turned it down in the qualifying offer from the mm-hmm. Cubs. And Boris is Boris is going to do Boris. He's going to push it to the max on Arietta's contract, and someone's going to pay him. Someone like the Rangers, you know. But like, is Theo going to pay him? Personally, I don't know. I don't think I don't think he would go that that route to give him the more money because Arietta isn't the 2015 Arietta. Mm-hmm. You know, he has a lot of command issues. Works deep counts. Uh, the control and walks, it, it, it hasn't been pretty in 2017. Um, and a lot of bloggers and a lot of writers are saying the Cubs need a guy like Darvish. No, they don't. If they land Alex Cobb for three or four years, you know, they're sitting with a good rotation. You got Lester, you got Hendricks, who has been stellar the past three years for us. And then you got, uh, you got, you got Alex Cobb and you got Quintana. So, you got four right there, and if you go out and re-sign John Lackey and, you know, make it a Lance Wayne-type guy, you know, you're sitting good with five good starters there. So there, there needs to be some some deals involving the, you know, you know the pitching staff. But all together, I know Theo is going to be really active on it, and it's going to be fun to see, you know? Yeah, I think you're right on just about everything you said. Like, I, like, I love the idea of Alex Cobb coming to Chicago and like kind of getting back with Joe Madden, continuing to work with Jim Hickey. And you had mentioned it on your um, Cubs Life broadcast that you had posted on Twitter a few days ago, just kind of yeah. about like all like how Alex Cobb looks at Joe Madden, not as just like a coach. And he looks at yep. Jim Hickey the same way as kind of like a friend, like these guys that help exactly. bring him up. And with the Cubs and the whole atmosphere they have, like, I think everything will be elevated. So to, like, take Jim Hickey and Alex Cobb and come to Chicago, I think Jake Arrieta, he is the ultimate double-edged sword. Like, you don't know if he's going to come out and give you seven shutout or if he's going to pitch four and two-thirds and walk six guys. Like, you're not 100% sure. I love Arrieta's, like, leadership in the dugout. But I oh, think his best role at this point is probably with another team. My thought process oh, yeah. is this. I know you can get Alex Cobb for four years, and 
I read a report on MLB trade rumors that had him at, I think, four years and $48 million, but a lot of other sources say he'll probably shoot and get over $50 million because if he signs for over $50 million, the Tampa Bay Rays get a better pick. So I think that's probably what's going to oh, happen. Yeah. Um, but if you get a guy like Alex Cobb, who he had an – okay, so he missed all of 2015 with Tommy John. His 2013 and 14, if you combine those years – he pitched over 300 innings and I think had a sub-3 earned run average. And then if you look at his 2016 season, or excuse me, the 2017, the one we just saw, yeah, he had an earned run average of about 3.66, but you also have to take into account him missing the entire 2015 season, pitching the tail yep. end of 2016, and that almost reminds me of like the season from Kyle Schwarber that we just saw. Right, he missed a right big on, chunk of yeah. the year, came back for the playoffs, and then had a whole off season. So, like, I really believe if you put Alex Cobb in this Chicago Cubs environment, and it's one of the things I love about Theo Epstein is with him, it's not just numbers, right? It's not just a saber matrix, but it's a lot of intangibles, right? Like, what do you yep. bring to this clubhouse as far as like? I don't know, like your will to win, your personality. Like, for example, like Anthony Rizzo's literally the funnest guy that you'll ever get in a dugout, probably one of the best leaders in all of baseball. To insert Alex Cobb in this situation where he's got now a full year under his belt, he can come in and play in Chicago with this winning mentality and everything they bring, like kind of like this Cubs way. Like, I think that would be huge in a couple ways because one, you get Alex Cobb for a full season, and then two, it's like almost that frees up a bunch of payroll because if you think you can get by with Alex Cobb as your fourth, it's like you can keep those position players whole, right? You don't have to trade like a guy like Ian Happ for pitching. Like I heard something on Waddle and Sylvia right. a couple of days ago where they were talking about, hey, you know, do the Cubs maybe get rid of Ian Happ and get a guy like Garrett Cole, right? Well, ideally, yeah. you could add some good quality pitching that you can work with. And then keep all your position players so they get a chance to work with Chili Davis, who had, in his three years with the Red Sox, had a ton of success offensively. Like, over the last three years, the Red Sox, I think, scored more runs than anyone in baseball. The batting average was probably, like, second, I think, in the whole thing. And he, I mean, really did a great job in Boston. So I'd kind of like to see that. So in your opinion, it sounds like you're more like Team Alex Cobb and kind of letting Jake Arrieta yeah. work. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think if you go for Alex Cobb, he's going to be cheaper than Arietta and he's young, he's younger, you know. He he will bring, you give him a three or four year deal, and the Cubs are looking good, man. Their rotation isn't as bad as if you add Alex Cobb as a lot of people think it is. And, and if, even if they don't go out and sign that fifth starter, you know, you still have Montgomery who can come in and, you know, lock down that fifth starter role. But if you do sign, you know, John Lackey or um, Lynn, he, you have him in the bullpen where he can come up mm-hmm. and pick up those, you know, those clean, you know, those clean three, six, four, five, like those middle innings, you know, and lock it down. So they have a lot of options. Um, it's just going to be really um, interesting to see what Theo does. Yeah, and it's like Mike Montgomery – I'm torn. I'm so torn between Mike Montgomery because he is so valuable out of the bullpen. Like I would, it's crazy, right? Because he can come in. Like if you get a starter that has kind of like a bad go and they only go four and a third, well, you can put Montgomery in and he'll give you three. You know, and he's so so versatile in that role. But he actually like also had productive starts last year. And, of course, you yep. always got to have a good lefty, you know, in your starting rotation, which is yeah, awesome. Yeah. But I also think right. that, like, Jose Quintana did not have good numbers when the Cubs made that trade and sent Eloy to uh, the Chicago White Sox, which was probably really hard to do because the guy, you know, he hits. Didn't uh, have any run support. Uh, dude, yeah, that, uh, well, that's the truth for sure. But I love the idea of Quintana pitching a whole season, like, for the Cubs because – It seemed like when Jose Quintana was signed by the Chicago Cubs, his attitude towards the whole thing is he was just so thankful to come in and pitch for the Cubs and have the chance to pitch to the postseason. And I love the idea of him having a fresh start coming into 2018. And it's like this team has finally got a break. I remember 
when they interviewed Chris Bryant after the season was over, he was like, you know, we're just exhausted. Like I like we all just need three a break. long seasons, three long seasons. And on top of that, like these guys like Addison Russell, who was like 23, Javi, 24, Bryant, I think maybe like 25. This is a young crew that won the most coveted championship in North American sports. And you've got to fit. Exactly. And so you've got to figure like post that, like how exhausted do you have to be? It's honestly, it's amazing to me that they even won 92 games last year because I don't know how they kept it up for so long. And and then you add on in 2016, right at the world series, they were going on Jimmy Fallon and, you know, (laughs) they were, they were, they were flying in and out of LA to Hawaii, <laughs> to all these other places, to New York, to LA. You know, it, it becomes exhausting. It's a grind. Baseball's a grind. They, you know, after that World Series run, they literally only got three months off, and those three months were spent really doing you know talk shows and all that other stuff. So, you know, where do you find that happy medium where you can sit down and finally get rested? And I think this off season, even though the, the postseason run was really fun and all, but this was really this was much needed for that group. I think so because it's like it's I don't know if like people resented like some sort of disappointment, but you've got to just remember the fact like this team came maybe I mean, I didn't expect them to make the NLCS in 2015. And like this is a team that really doesn't they didn't have a lot of experience and 2017 was definitely like I mean, like a time to grow, I think, for these guys to figure out how to like work through slumps and deal with just like, kind of like you said, going on Jimmy Fallon and dealing with the press. Like it was a lot of like, I know really when they find who they really are as players. Oh yeah, absolutely. And just like, just like totally working through stuff. But I do love the idea of kind of like what you said, this was like a, a much needed break. They had a chance to, you know, come into the 2017 season and fail and uh, hopefully, you know, get better in 2018. But let me ask you this. What do you think about Jason Hayward being on this team? Like, I've read reports that, like, they might try to sign his con, they might try to, like, trade his bad contract for another bad contract. What do you think Jason Hayward looks like in 2018? Yeah. So, Jason Hayward's a funny, you know, a funny subject. Uh, when he got signed the eight year deal for $184 million, you know, at the time, he was coming off a great year in St. Louis. He just batted under 300. He went into the NLDS. He, he carried that team, really, and he he was their guy, and Steele wanted him on his team, and you can't blame him for his logic. I mean, the numbers were there. He's a gold glover. Like, what else do you want more? I mean, he was you a know? six-win so, player. He, like, yeah. four out of the last six years, he was a six-win player, so. Yeah, he, he was a great player, and then all of a sudden, he gets this big contract, and you know, his offensive performance is just atrocious. And there's no there's no sugarcoating that. He really is atro- atrocious at the plate. You know, it's either a strikeout from a slider in the dirt or a little bloop. That's like a little, exactly uh, what it is. Or, or just a little, uh, you know, a ground ball to second. It's just, it's very tough to see you watch him up there. And just, when you got guys like, you know, Ian Happ on the bench or Albert Elmore, who isn't granted that playing time because of his defense. And don't get me wrong, defense is great and it's very underrated. And he's a five-time Gold Glove winner, mm-hmm. and it, it's a, it's a big part of our game. And there's no doubt about that. You've seen you've seen Hayward make hello like really good plays. So um, it's just I don't know. There's been reports about him going to the Giants, and you know, and the and then the Cubs getting Jeff Samarja or you know some other pitchers. Mm-hmm. But you know, Jet 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 Hoyer came out and said that those reports were fake. So. You know, I don't. I, I can't. I can't see them trading away that contract. A huge contract. I know he has to opt out. So does he opt out? I don't know. But what I will say about Jason Hayward is he's a great presence, just like many others are in that clubhouse. Um, obviously, he's famous for his, you know, Game Seven World yeah. Series speech. Um, but I do think that even though he has built up kind of that Jason Hayward, I'm in the lineup type guy you got to give these young guys a chance, like Ian Happ and Albert mm. Elmora. And, you know, Theo did say that Albert Elmora was going to get more of a role, but I would like to see him, you know, kind of take a step back and let these young guys play who can really show themselves and give that offensive push. Yeah, because I think Albert Elmora, I, it was game, 
and you'll probably remember this as well, game three or four of that NLDS in um, yep. San Francisco, when he made a catch out in right field and doubled oh, uh, it was a game saver. Brandon Crawford at first base. And I saw that play and yep. I was like, holy crap. And then when you look at that with his um, – just like his baseball IQ in game seven when Chris Bryant hit that ball to the warning track and he tagged yep. up. And Albert Almora, he is phenomenal in the outfield. He is a smart baseball player. And I think like he he's I in my opinion, he's a guy that the Cubs just have to keep, just based on his athleticism, his baseball yep. IQ, and everything he brings. But I'm kind of with you on the Hayward factor because I love that. At least it sounds like Theo, he's going to keep these position players together. And Jason Hayward, I remember a lot after, or at least during this season, um, like a lot of guys out there were saying that um, the Cubs should have dealt Kyle Schwarber when they should have. Or, you know, Jason Hayward like being a bad thing. But the Cub- yep. I, I don't think the Cubs win the 2016 World Series. They for sure don't win it without Schwarber. And I for sure don't oh, think they win it without Jason Hayward because – like the numbers are one thing, and like I love all the data and the saber metrics and all of that. But and I have you ever read the Cubs Way by Tom Verducci? Oh, dude, I got it right next to me, man. I'm on, I'm on game seven. I've been reading it for like the past two months. I I'm kind of a you know I procrastinate a little bit. <laughs> you and me and both, I'm man. Just, I'm just, yeah, I'm just I'm just saving it for the right time where I can just sit down, relax. And enjoy it and bring back all the memories. I got a right to my right. Yeah. So, yeah, I do. It's the, a great book. It is phenomenal. Ruchi did a great job. It, and just a lot of, like, what goes on in that book is it's not just, like, the data and the numbers, which are very meaningful, but it's about the team that Theo built yep. and just, like, all of these intangibles that kind of come to it. And I think Hayward is so valuable for that. And I just love the fact that Theo – is very determined to keep these position players together because there's a certain right. amount of like when you have all these players together and even when things go bad like Kyle Schwarber slump and Jason Hayward yep. slump and Javi Baez's strikeout rate and like making a few overthrows him and Addy here and there the fact that you have this team that's went through so much and then they go through the good and then go through the bad I feel like if you broke up any part of this offense now, you could be taking a step back because there's a lot to be said for when a group of guys, they go through a lot that really breaks them down and it goes through a lot of bad. When they can come back next season and get together and do this thing again. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if in 2018 we saw 2015 Jason Hayward. And And I also wouldn't be surprised if we saw Kyle Schwarber you know, not bat low 200s, but if you can get it, you know. And there are a lot of comparisons to like Kyle and Adam Dunn, but I would not be yeah. surprised if you saw Kyle Schwarber play the majority of the season. I would not be surprised if you saw his defense improve greatly and him bat about 250 and hit closer oh, to man, 40 I, home runs than it is 30. Look, man, I, I love Kyle Schwarber. I love his grit, his mentality, and just that swagger he brings to the plate. You know, it's unreal. You it is. The plate and you're, literally, you're literally looking at the nowadays paper. That's what you're looking at. When you see Kyle Schwarber, that's the nowadays paper. You know? He has that home run mentality. He's got the home run swing. He's got everything. He he, he is Babe Ruth of baseball nowadays. He but, is. You know, with, it, with his down year this year that he had, I really don't see that repeating in 2018. And maybe I'm biased, but he's too good of a hitter for that to repeat. And in his second half of the season, he showed the improvements. He, he yeah. added, you know, two 260, whatever the numbers were. I don't know exactly off the top of my head. It was about 250 or 260, yeah. And I just, I really am a strong, sharper believer, and Theo loves him too much to trade. Mm -hmm. He's a guy that has phenomenal character in a clubhouse, but he, he's, no one's going to work harder than him. And this offseason, I have no doubt that his focus is getting his swing back and defense. 110%. And you couldn't ask for a better guy in a clubhouse. And you're 100% right. Like, I think Kyle Schwarber's like Babe Ruth and John Wayne with a baseball bat. Like, it's it's, it's phenomenal. I love it. Um, Exactly. I guess one other thing I. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to add on to that. I think the best thing that Theo did was not only collect these guys and, you know, 
gather this team together, but he changes the culture of Chicago Cubs baseball. Mm-hmm. If you look at it, we have whole new expectations. We literally lost the NLCS this year, and we were mad. And we have a right to be mad, <laughs> don't get me wrong. Yeah. But if you were to tell me in 2011 when we lost 100 games that we were going to lose in the NLCS, I'd take that any day. I, I would. You know? Oh, absolutely. Just, he, he has changed the culture from fans to the organization to the players, and he is a baseball genius. And there's no other guy I would love to have on my team than Theo Epstein, and I'm glad he changes the way because, really, it's the Cubs' way now, and it's Theo Epstein's way. And it's, and it's just great to see from a sta- fan standpoint and really st- take a step back and just appreciate him. You know, I, he doesn't get enough credit. He really doesn't. You know, he prob- you're probably right on that because I just remember – when so I was in Chicago for games three, four, and five, and okay. I, I didn't go to the games, but I was in Chicago during all three games because I just had to be there. So me and my wife uh, flew to Chicago, right. and then I just remember like that atmosphere in there and like how powerful it was. Great, and there was one moment that stuck in my head, and it I don't remember which game it was before, but I saw a kid who was probably sixteen or seventeen. I think like walking through like the crowd with his grandma. And when I think about like Theo and the Chicago Cubs, like it's not just sports, but it's like what he's done in the city is so powerful. I remember being back home in Charlotte watching game seven when it won and when the Cubs won and it was on Fox sports. And I just remember seeing the thing on the top right hand corner that said 2016 world series champs. And I stared at it till 3 a.m. And like this, this is real now. <laughs> like this, this is a real thing, you know. It really is, and just like the power behind, like I was, like I just couldn't stop looking at it, and like I love what you said about like, um, you know Theo needing the credit, but also like in the piece you wrote on your Twitter, just about like this thank you for what they've done, because I really yeah. feel like baseball is this like emotional, powerful sport that brings people together, and it's. Baseball is so much more than just the sport, but it's like, I don't know, it's just this emotion where like it brings people together, like family, friends. And like exactly. I remember being in Chicago and like being with people at the bars, like I didn't even know, but like you were just there and it was like, I mean, there's not enough thanks that can go to Theo yep. and Madden for kind of like just changing the culture there and just, I don't know, man, Absolutely. just bringing baseball back. Like it's amazing. So. <laughs> It's great, and uh, I like I love the story you told. You know, I was there uh, for the NLCS Game Six in 2016. You know, when we won the pennant, mm-hmm. and I and I just it was great, dude. I I came in with one of my good friends, and I left with a million other friends. You know, it's just yeah. I met so many people. I talked to so many people. Do I know their names? Do I remember them? No, but you know, I got pictures with these random people, mm-hmm. and we were just. We came together for one reason, and that's Cubs baseball. And that's the best thing about this. It's the Cubs way. And I remember, you know, just going, you know, going into that crowd and just seeing so many people happy. You know, like you said, you, you saw a young kid with his grandmother. I saw I saw a girl, you know, and she was probably 80, 90, and she, she still had her first World Series ticket. Yeah. It, it was great. Yeah, dude. It was, it was amazing. And just, I left that place realizing, like, holy crap, we're going to the World Series. But bigger than that, like, we are the best damn fans in sports. Mic drop. Sorry, Cardinals, but we we really are. I think you're 100% right, just because, like, I don't know, like, all these years of just, like, losing baseball and standing by the team, and, I mean... Yeah, and it's like, the big thing is, I live in Wisconsin, so I don't know about you in Charlotte, but I'm not as far as you are away, but when I see a Cubs fan and I got Cubs gear on, like, I got I got a sleeve of the Cubs on my right shoulder. Oh, so that's awesome. Yes. So I'll have, to, I'll have to send you a picture of that later, but, yes. you know, I, I go out and I wear these Cubs gear and other people that have Cubs gear, it's like, we're like, we have that connection, like, he'll nod his head on my head, or he'll know, and he'll be like, go Cubs, you know. And it, we just have that connection, because I don't know, I don't know, I can't speak for any other fan bases. I don't know if they have that connection with any others, but we have that, and that's something very special. I think you're right. Like, I don't think it's a connection like any other team has, because it's, like, some sort of nostalgic connection. Like, I ran into an old guy at the gym probably, like, three or four months ago, and I had a Cubs yep. hat 
like on at the gym, right? And uh, he starts talking to me about Cubs baseball, like how he doesn't trust Rondone and all of this stuff. And it was like immediately <laughs> like you have a two-minute conversation with someone, but like right. you feel like you've known them for 20 years just because like everyone oh, – exactly. You build that relationship real quick because – you know you're on the same page of just like relating to Cubs baseball and like what it means to you, right? Um, and yeah, it's crazy. Like any, oh, go on. Oh, anytime I'm out, yeah, like you said, with like my Cubs hat or a Cubs shirt, like it's ridiculous. And you mentioned about Cubs fans. Like I grew up in Southern Illinois. Dude, and it was a war okay. zone, man. Because, like, most everybody is, like, a Cardinals fan. Like, I had to fight my whole life, man. <laughs> like, I was a minority <laughs> yeah. down south. So bad. But my grandpa, he was a Cubs fan. And uh, he passed away in 2012. So, like, as the Cubs were winning this World Series, like, it just had yeah, all like these feelings. That oh, my God. It was unbelievable. So, Right. I know. I um just, just this last note, and then we can get back to, you know, the offseason, the baseball. Uh, you know, I grew up with my grandma. My parents worked, you know, every single day. So they dropped me off with my grandparents. She watched, you know, she watched me. So I grew up at 1 o'clock watching WGN Cubs baseball. Oh, yeah. You know, with, like, players like Derek Lee and Moises Alou and Tommy yes. and, and, you know, guys like that. And you and Aramis Ramirez, you know, and Carlos Barmol. And I grew up, and I just fell in love. And it's something that my grandma's still here. Fortunately, she's still here. So, like, um, it's just something that we can connect on. And it was very special. She took me to my first game. The Cubs ended up winning that game 17-2 17, 17 versus the Pirates in 2009. That's awesome. It was a great game. <laughs> it was a great game. Me and my grandma, we just are very close. And I think a part of that is because of the Chicago Cubs. And it's great. We can connect on it. And that's something I will always cherish forever. Dude, it really is, man. Like, I wrote a piece, um, like, a couple weeks ago on, like, the Astros and them winning the World Series and, like, what it meant to the city and all that stuff. And, like, yep. you couldn't have done a better job of stating that as far as just, like, how it feels. Um, yeah. I guess, I don't know what else we might have to cover. One of the, hmm. Okay. One thing we haven't talked about is the closer situation <laughs> for the yeah. Chicago Cubs. And this, like, there's, I'm completely confused by, like, baseball free agency because, like, I'll wake up one morning and see that Giancarlo Stanton doesn't want to go to St. Louis, and then the next morning right. he wants to go to St. Louis, and, like, there are all these different stories, and, like, it's so volatile, like, free agency and MLB, but yeah. with an, like with the Chicago Cubs closer, like, I know historically Theo Epstein, he doesn't love to spend money on a closer, so he, like, really doesn't do it, but... Yep. I ha- always had mixed feelings on Wade Davis last year, and I think a lot of that was just being like a Cubs fan and overanalyzing it. Because if I you don't can want pick- another marble, <laughs> I, I mean, I think that's probably like a lot of it. Because like yeah. I feel like I would always watch Wade Davis come into a game, and he would close out the game, but he would like walk a guy, give up a hit, and like kind of squeak yep. through. But if you look at his numbers compared to like Greg Holland. Or, um, I don't know who else, but, oh, Brandon Kinsler, I think, and Brandon Morrow. Like, I think I like Wade Davis a lot more than Holland or Morrow or Kinsler. What's kind of your thought on the Cubs' closer situation, what they should do? Yeah, and I think it's a very interesting one, and I'm glad you brought that up. And I think, yes, a hundred times, if you're going to go out and spend the money on one closer, it has to be Wade Davis. Mm-hmm. But we have to understand that with the season he had with that 32 for 33 saves and, you know, that 32 for 32 stint until he gave it up in late September to the Brewers, his, tra- his, his like, free agency, like, stock went way up. Oh, yeah. And he's not going to come cheap. And personally, I think if Theo can somehow get maybe a four-year $60 million mm-hmm. deal, uh, I say yes 100 times. You have to think that. And even if he doesn't, get that and we still have options um not saying that you don't go out and get another closer but we have carl edwards jr who throws upper 90s consistently he throws 97 98 99 mm-hmm. but the big thing if we rely on carl edwards jr is his control because when he's on he's on but when he's off everything goes south and it, it doesn't and it just happens like that so you know if he and i think a really big part of that comes with age and maturity and he'll learn how to control the situation. Um, 
later on. But it, it just it all goes back to Theo and Jed. Do they want to spend the money? Because mm-hmm. these, and I think, and I think they do. And I think if there's one guy between Wade Davis and Arietta, we bring back Wade Davis. Yeah. And I think he's going to bring us. He's going to bring us more for the money. And I, I would say yes a hundred times. I love Wade Davis, and I think he is the guy. Yeah, I think the. I a hundred percent agree with you that he's for sure the guy. The only person I think that I could kind of think about is Zach Britton because his numbers historically have been good. But the only problem with Britton is if you trade for him now, you only get him for one year. And then at that point, you're in the same situation. And I do love that Wade Davis played for the Cubs all of last year and kind of like meshes with the club. And I'm always yep. 100% of the belief that I I hate when teams switch coaches often and then move around a lot of players often. I kind of always think that if you have a player with the same team, kind of like in the same environment, that he's only going to get better. And I understand that Wade Davis is 32 Absolutely. years old. But Wade, he doesn't seem injury prone. Um and uh, kind of like early. no, and then kind of what you said, like what was it, thirty-two for thirty-three saves? I mean, yeah. part of me is like, I don't care how many guys he goes out and walks or how wild you think he is. His job is to get the job done. And did he get the job done last year? Thirty-two or thirty-three exactly. with a two-point-three ERA. Like I think you have to take that and just close the book because exactly. if you can fortify your pitching and keep your position players intact to work with Chili Davis, and that has got to be the best thing because to pick up Britain for $13 million for one year, do you really want to deal with this at the end of 2018? Absolutely not. Because to get... And then, Go ahead. And then and then the other question that you know comes along with Britain is in the 2018 offseason going into 2019, who's going to be available? I, yeah, you know? I have no idea. But one thing that makes me nervous about Britain is... He was out for a big portion of 2017 because of like a forearm issue. And I always feel like that makes me so nervous. Like when a guy has like a forearm issue and then like, does that spread up to the elbow? Like I just, I don't know. That just scares me. Like if you were to pick up Britain for a year and then try to sign him for longer. And then like, if he shelved, like kind of like Mark Melanson, when the Giants picked him up for... I don't know, four or five years, and then he missed most of the season. He was hurt, and he was completely useless. Um, yeah. But, I'm at, yeah, I'm going to agree with you 100%. I feel like kind of, you know, waits the way it go. But you had mentioned, actually, um, a couple minutes ago, Carl Edwards Jr., and I always thought that Carl would transition into that closer role, but I really feel like, um, and you had hinted to it, like if he can get his mind right, I mean, he's almost unhittable because he he can throw ninety eight, ninety nine. He's got good off speed stuff, but he's either a hundred percent on or just off. Like that four pitch walk he gave up to you, Darvish. If, oh, absolutely. If Jim, if he can work with Jim Hickey, kind of get a new feel and like a new thought process. I mean, Carl Edwards was what a forty fifth round pick. Like whatever round he was in doesn't exist anymore because he was picked so late in the draft and um like he's kind of like a young guy too where it's not i mean for what carl's done for the cubs like it surpasses probably any expectation that anyone ever thought of him 100 percent. but what do you think justin wilson is going to do next year you know that's that's a great question (laughs) it's so confusing yeah you know, Justin Wilson was that guy that Theo brought in for the expectation and locked down those, you know, the six, seven, eight, you know, innings. And really, he was a flop. But at the time, he was one of the best relievers in baseball. With oh, the yeah. And he came up and was a different man. So, you know what? In 2018, I think that he will not only get better, but with the new pitching staff, I really do think that they will work with him and really get him out of whatever slump he's in. So what do you think happened to him when he came to Chicago? Like it was like do you think it was the stage? Like 
him coming from like the Tigers who like weren't in a run and then all of a sudden sudden like coming to Chicago and like knowing he has to pitch well like what do you think happened with that just mechanic issues I yeah. think just he, he just didn't look right from the start a lot he of walks didn't. a lot of walks a lot of hits because I had read and one of the best websites I've ever been to is Brooks Baseball you can go to Brooks Baseball and they analyze every pitcher their pitches and I remember reading about Justin Wilson and they were talking about like his ability to get swings and misses. But then when you saw him come to Chicago, he walked guys and gave up a lot of hits. And it was like really surprising. And I hope you're right about that when he comes into 2018. Like he has a chance to, uh, just, I don't know, just relax a little bit, you know. It cannot yeah. be easy for a major league player to like just pick up and move. Because one of the things like us as fans fail to realize it's like these guys are real people you know they have to wake up in the morning and travel and like do this and that it's and, a grind uh, yeah i mean it really is like 162 games a year plus the playoffs i mean the cubs in 2016 like they were playing baseball in november like that's a beautiful thing but also exhausting um yeah it really is I guess, shoot, man. Do you have anything else you kind of want to cover with the Cubs? Any? Um... I, I got one question for you. Give it to me. All right. If there is one position player that Theo trades between Schorber, Hap, Baez, or Russell, whether it be pitching or bullpen or wherever you put him, put them in the position, who do you think is getting traded? Who I'm trading. Okay, here we go. I'm going to start from the top. Okay, Addison Russell, I'm going to say no to. You have got to okay. keep him. I know when Addy was coming up, um, he was, like, as a prospect, he was ranked ahead of Carlos Correa and Francisco Lindor. And we've yep. seen what those guys do. Now, when you look at Addison Russell personally, there's a lot of stuff that's went on with him that may distract him from the game. Like, personal issues, whatever. But, like, that initial scouting report with Addison Russell, like, that player is still there. And defensively, it may be crazy to say, but, oh, go ahead. The defensive run saved from Russell is something else, you know. It really is. It's just, um, you know, a lot of people wanted to see Javi Baez as the shortstop. But that's not the Cubs' best option. It's not. Because you have Addison Russell at shortstop, and you got Javi Baez in second, and that's your up-the-middle combo. That's your best option. And, there, and there's no way around it, because if you look at the defensive run saved by Addison Russell, it's up in the 40s. It, it really is. And it's just it remarkable. Is. That's the guy I don't want traded. It's, the next guy. Yeah, because when, like... Who are we going next guy? Who are well, we going next guy? Okay, so here we go. So this is where it gets confusing, because... I'm on the fence with Javi Baez because when it comes to him at the plate, yep. I don't know, just so many swings and misses. Like, if I have to watch him tomahawk a high fastball one more time, like, I just, yeah. I love, love Ian Happ defensively. He, one, I feel like Ian plays very angry. Like, if you ever watch him strike out, like, he's just shouting at himself, and I love it. And, like, I just don't wonder, like, if you ship a guy like Baez off and then put Happ at second base with his tenacity to play the game, I like Happ at second, I think. I love his ability to hit for power. I know okay. for the Cubs record of like the fastest of 20 home runs, like Ian Happ even beat Kyle Schwarber to that number. Because I remember in Kyle in 2015 was like, like babe Schwarber mania. But Ian Happ, I think with... Because Ian Happ strikes out a lot. But with Chili Davis coming in, if he can discipline a guy like Ian and you can like harness his abilities to hit for power, and he hustles on the bases. There's not a player on earth that stretches a single out to a double like Ian Happ does. And I love the hustle. So I'm inclined to say that if like I want to keep Addison Russell, but I also want to keep Ian Happ. Because I love okay. the way he plays the game. Okay. So then, okay. what what other like two that. players did you name? You named Javi, and then who else? I named Javi, Russell, 
Ian Happ and Schwarber. Oh, okay. So we've got so now what we have left is Javi and Schwarber. Okay. Kyle Schwarber had a phenomenal 2015, got hurt at the beginning of 2016, came into the World Series and batted 400, but then immediately... No one else has ever done before. Holy crap, there's... I remember that happening, and I remember reading reports of Kyle's on a plane to Arizona to hit some baseballs, and then he's on a plane to Cleveland, and you had this guy, like, this John Wayne, Babe Ruth-type guy that all of a sudden comes into the World Series batting 400. I don't even think he hit a home run, but he was making contact, putting the ball where it needed to be, and getting on base. What'd you say? Dude, I I just I just remember Schwarber coming in and it's all like just like you said, you know, he's on a plane to Arizona. He's oh yeah. He's gonna be participating in the Arizona Fall League. And here he is at the World Series and he got medically, you know, cleared and this is a real thing. And then you put him in and he bets four hundred and he gets the leadoff single exactly in the extra eight of game seven of the World Series, the biggest Cubs game in a hundred and eight years. I'm sorry, but he's not going anywhere. Absolutely not. And in the field. Because you can give me the first half of 2017 and tell me he batted 195 and struck out a bunch of times, but there's no way that you get a guy that gets that hit in a game seven and bats 400 in the World Series, and then that disappears. Like, is that all of a sudden gone? There's no way. But you've got to believe that it messes with a human being to miss an entire season Come back and play in what four of seven games, and then take a complete off season off, and then when 2017 comes, he has to bat lead off. Like there's like what yeah. human being that's 24 years of age like can deal with that? And I'm a hundred percent on board with what you said. You keep Schwarber because if you trade that guy to the AL because you think he's going to be better off and you want a middle reliever, don't be surprised if the guy hits 45 home runs and bats almost 300. There's no way. Exactly. Which leaves the odd guy out at Javi Baez. And I think that, I don't know, I read a few articles that talked about, um, I think Jesse Rogers wrote a piece where he asked a few GMs, who would you rather have, Addy or Javi? And you know, some GM said Javi, some said Addy, and then one even said, give me either one of them. Just call me, you know? And <laughs> right. defensively, like, Javi, I mean, credit where it's due, um, the way he's able to play the field, tag guys, he moves so fast. And I love his ability just to, like, I mean, he plays baseball like a kid. He strictly plays with his instincts. He doesn't overthink anything. If um, yep. he's gonna he's gonna swing, buddy, he's gonna swing out of his shoes. But I just think with, I think defensively and what you said hit home. Addison Russ like Javi gets all the credit because he makes the tag, but I've a guy like Addison Russell who can die for a ball. He gets up off the ground so quick. Oh, it's unbelievable. He's like if you put Wilson Contreras at shortstop, like that's Addison Russell because he throws so (laughs) hard. Like it's unbelievable. And Addison Russell's such a young guy. And like 2017 like may have been off for him, but I mean these guys are kids and they're growing up. And I guess so to finish the question because I gave you basically an epic like Homer, I think Javi goes. If, if you had to get okay. rid of one. And I think Javi would have a lot of value because just because the Cubs want to get rid of him, it doesn't mean he's a valuable player. It just means right. the Cubs have what they need. But yeah. put Javi on any other team, I mean, there's not another guy out there like him. There's just not. No, not at all. You know, you know for me, um, just a little a little change up. You know, Schwarber's not going any for me. I love him. Mm-hmm. Like I said before, I think he's your man. Schwarber's not going anywhere, and like you said, he's good. If you do trade him, he's going to go hit forty bombs, and you're sitting at yourself like, "Darn, yeah. I could have had that at Wrigley Field," you mm-hmm. know. So Schwarber's not going anywhere for me, and Russell, he's not going anywhere for me. You need him locked down at shortstop, and I understand he had a rough 2017 season. I know a lot of guys did on the Cubs, you know, in the first half, but he battled injuries, he had off-field, you know, personal issues, and it was just a bunch for a twenty, what, two-year-old, so to handle yeah. so. You know, in 2018, he's going to settle in. So, Schwarber and Russell are locked for me. And then that that becomes half or bias. 
And if you look at it, I don't see Theo trading Baez. I just don't. Baez is the player that you you pay games to see. He's a walking mm-hmm. highlight. He applies those tags. And really, he can hit a ball 600 feet. <laughs> if, if, he, if he connects on that high fastball, the pimp job's going to be unreal. And that ball, is, <laughs> that ball won't touch the ground. It won't. You know? So... So I'm so I'm inclined to say Ian Happ goes. Mm-hmm. Um, he's probably going to give you the most value out of ah, that's true. the two. You know, I I think I think just because Happ is a versatile player, great power, switch hitter, can play pretty much anywhere on the field, middle infield, outfield, and he had one heck of a rookie season with twenty plus homers he in really the major did. leagues, mm-hmm. and then you add nine in the minor leagues. His ceiling's high, but I see him as the odd guy out, and that's just me. Now, in reality, do any of those guys go? Who knows? And that's what makes this offseason so interesting. And I find myself, like, checking my Twitter blog, (laughs) texting people, like, you know, the feed, like, yo, what's happening right now? I'm just waiting for something to get going because I really expect Theo to do something. And it's it's either going to be trades or it's going to be free agent signing. And I guess that's really what we're going to be in store for 2018. And I think it's something to be excited about. It is. It's gonna be. Um, I don't even know what to it's say about it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I don't know what's gonna happen, and I guess things are probably gonna heat up like closer to like yeah. the winter meetings, like in December and stuff like that. It seems like these yep. GM meetings are just kind of like a way to like feel each other out and figure out what's going on with it or whatever. But yeah, we got we got to we got to talk we got to talk again, man. In the win- after the winter meeting, dude, a lot's gonna change. And we're going to have a lot to talk about. We're going to have to. I thought this podcast would be 15 to 20 minutes, and we're like almost at 50 minutes, which is awesome. So we're going to have to do <laughs> yeah. this at least like every other week. So I imagine like two weeks from now, we'll have a whole nother bag of stuff to uh, right, unload, which will be awesome. But either way, we'll close this out. Kyle, man, thank you for coming on the show. Like I said, you are the first guest of the greatest Dude, show on that, dirt. So. That's awesome. I really want to thank you for having me on here, man. It Dude, was great talking about baseball. We go on for hours, really, for about this. But you know, in 2018, if you want to catch a game, I would love to catch a game with you down at Wrigley. I don't know when the schedule is going to be, but we'll have to talk in the future, dude. I'd love to sit down and have a beer and talk about baseball with you, dude. We have to do it because I'll be up there for sure next year. So uh, that's what awesome. we'll do. But awesome. either way, yeah, we'll just have to talk about it. That's what's up. Either way, you guys are listening to the greatest show on dirt, and uh, thanks a lot for listening. And that was this week's episode of The Greatest Show on Dirt, all Cubs talk this week. Thank you for listening, and again, thank you for Kyle. You have momentarily made The Greatest Show on Dirt look, not quite sound professional, but look very professional. So thanks again, guys. Have a great week.